cost drifted alarmingly in the betting was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. The ground is soft, it's not... It's oh, it's not, heavy. Soft on time, it's a good It's heavy. Okay. Hello and welcome to the Bastards Inquiry Sunday Sermon. My name's Lee Keys of SystemBet.co.uk and joining me are my two usual cohorts uh, in the weekly discussion that we chew the fat on all the racing hot topics. It's John Lang and Chris Lawn. Malvo from Twitter. Good, good evening, evening, guys. Evening, Al. Yeah, plenty to talk about this year, and we've got some questions as well. Uh, before I get on with those, just like to touch on a few things. We've been asked about like jockeys' names. Now, obviously, we get new listeners, jockeys and trainers' nicknames, and we're getting quite a few questions. You know, what what's the shirt? <coughs> what's thick, Dave? What's you know, who's happy, Tim? Etc. Etc. Well, if you go on barstewards.co.uk, there's a, an extensive glossary of nicknames, and we're perfectly fine about telling you why. It's all a bit of fun, but yeah, it's just like a schoolyard, really. Anyway, so that's that's the first thing. Second thing is our schedule for this week, which is extremely busy, and we don't want to lose listeners we want you to tune in because we've got a tremendous show tomorrow it's the royal ascot preview show Catherine fry is out the cellar myself john and quentin franks will be turning up tomorrow evening around the 7 30 mark that'll be online and then then for you for you addicts me and john with me half pissed up late in the afternoon just after racing each evening tuesday to thursday we'll be discussing the day's events in a light-hearted uh, Manor, then Friday, <laughs> you'll be sick of us by then. Uh, it's the normal Bar Stewards weekend preview show, and then the normal Sunday sermon uh, to follow. So now we've got that out of the way, let's mm. chew some fat. And it started yes. off started off very badly for me on Saturday morning. Mm. I, I worked with the Crows, squawking, and yes. um, it was about 5.30, o'clock, and I looked at Twitter, nothing doing. Then all of a sudden, Twitter started to go haywire. Up popped Sandown and Epsom, Clark of the course, Andrew Cooper. And, I, and I'm thinking, what have I done now? And I, I did have some gin the night before, as usual, on Friday evenings. Yeah, I, I made a few tweets. I, I said that uh, that you wouldn't get ground like you get what like you got when... Uh, Giants Causeway battled Callan Easy uh, up the Sandown Hill. And then he absolutely earned me with a terrific tweet. And fair play for the clerk, really, coming on. Because he did answer a few a few questions as well. But he actually said, he goes, well, that, that's interesting because I was actually clerk back then. Oh, so he had you, middle he stamp. Absolutely. It was the, the, the in-swinging oh, Yorker and the lot went. You know, the, 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 the the French thing, didn't yeah, absolutely. Oh, so, I, me, I'm, yeah. there, I'm there feeling bad. And I'm thinking, yeah. this is going to be bad for me. Um, I've, I've been owned. So I, I kind of came clean. I said, yeah, fair play. And who was first on to post? Who, who was first on to sort of like snigger yeah. away at, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the dirty Clark? It was yeah. Gravy Train Graham. Straight on. <laughs> yeah. Cunningham. Straight on. Straight, on. straight with straight straight with the ship. Straight, unbelievable. Yeah. Disgraceful yeah. gave you from Graham Cunningham. Yeah. And when you watch, the, when you see the likes... On the first, I mean, this is what this is why we've got a crap game, is it not, chaps? Because the likes are all from the a lot of them are like the media hacks and the you know the yeah. and you think to yourself, 
why are they liking this? Because in a way, right, ourselves, Horse Betters Forum, maybe other people that are alerting punters to going changes on Twitter. Andy Richmond uh, does the same. He, he alerts punters when the ground's changing. Right. Why are we having to do this? And are these media lovies huddling together in a, in a big communal cuddle when uh, one of them kicks you in the bollocks? Yeah. <laughs> it's... It, it, it's like akin to uh, cheering when the Indians cut the Lone Ranger's cock off, isn't it? <laughs> I, I don't think I saw that episode. Was that a Saturday morning? Or... I don't remember that. Uh, Googling it now. Oh, no, it may have only that... occurred in my head, Chris. I, I think, yeah, well... On the several other Yes, it, it's a bit of a schadenfreude, isn't it? Sort of taking pleasure in others' demise. Yes, it, but of course it's all very clubbable, isn't it? It's you know they've got vested interests, all stick together, everything's great. They're all hardworking, or they're all you know all geniuses. So yeah, it's not really surprising, is it? But disappointing, really. Yeah, to, to be fair, it was a cracking tweet. Uh, oh. You know, I, I doff my cap. Um, yeah. I, I put myself right in it, but I think like like you said, the, the sheer delight amongst the, uh, uh, the 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 racing press, so to speak, was uh, was was pretty sort of revealing, shall I say? Because this is what we've on this show we've we've championed this for a long time about the state of the ground. Nick Davis obviously is a good contributor to the show, and he's he's got lots of data on past goings, even going back to the early two thousands, uh, well two thousand and seven. He's he highlighted to Andrew Cooper about the decline of the words good to firm in actual going, uh, not just descriptions, but time-based, time-based performances. The lack of good to firm now is what we're all alarmed at. And, and John, I've got, can I ask you, Andrew Cooper stated to, to another one of our listeners that he he's not under any instruction by, by the powers that be. So why are we, and I'm not just singing Andrew Cooper out, this is like probably more widespread than just Andrew Cooper, but why have we gone down that path? Why why have we gone from watering for good to firm quick ground, just to make sure it's not like bone jarring rattling, to we're going to water for good? It's a shock to, to the animal rights lobby for starters, isn't it? Mm. In addition to that, I think the fact that the BHA ritually refuse to really get their arms around this and issue a firm directive. I mean, there was a directive issue, it wasn't the weather, I suppose it wasn't good to firm. But in the main, there's, there's there's nothing written down because nobody's ever been done for watching to good to soft even, have they? You know? No, it's not like they dish out fines or, you no. know, like, like they do for jockeys so, t- turning up late or something like that. As Mr Cooper says, that... <clears throat> there is no directive, um, just like there's no direction to where the sport's going. You can't just lay this one at Harrington's door because this has been a shambles a lot longer than she's been in, in the hot seat. But it's, it's just typical of the game, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, Chris, you know, as a, as a punter yourself, what? Yeah. How, how do you how do you feel over the last few years? How it's gone sort of ground wise? Do, do you genuinely feel now that the the clerks are just making the game a little bit impossible for punters? It's like punters are an afterthought. Yeah, yeah def- definitely. I mean, it's hard enough to work out which is the fastest horse in any particular race, but you know, and obviously as we know that horses transmit their ability through their hooves. Uh, if you've got 
issues with whether or not you can trust the, the, the official going description that that complicates the game massively I mean, you know, I've lost count a number of times where you bet horses on fast ground and then subsequent uh, races at that particular meeting show that the, the, the ground's sort of on the easy side of good. And yet the description is, you know, good to firm good. So I, 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 that's a real problem. I think if there is really any edges that, that punters can have by, you know, going to the races is walk the fucking track and, and check the ground yourself. Because I, I think you could you could obtain an edge by by doing your own going assessment almost. Because I have no faith whatsoever in official going descriptions, other than you know, is it or is it not a bog? If it's not a bog, then that that's the only sort of assessment you can make. But I've got no faith at all in it, and I, and I, I, no one seems to be bothered, you know. Because as long as you know, as long as the animal rights lobby are, are, are placated, as long as you know field sizes are. Or the sort of horses that a particular meeting are trying to attract turn up. No one cares about the punter. Who cares? Well, Brother. like a like a good friend of the show, Stuart Williams, he, he gets his jockeys to to walk the tracks. Yeah, you know, just, just, I just don't believe the going descriptions. You know, the fact that they're able to change going descriptions immediately after the first race, where there's no further precipitation or whatever, tells mm. you that they're just relying on what the jockeys are sort of telling them. You know, that that's just no way to run so-called elite sport. That's what they keep telling us. This is elite sport. These are athletes, equine and human. Well, nothing, nothing sort of leads me to think this is anything other than, you know, a semi-professional kind of village gym carner at the minute. Well, you see, I mean, I, I, I'm just a bit, like Andrew Cooper in particular. He runs two tracks. He runs Epsom and Sandown. They're, they're like chalk and cheese. I, I just wonder sometimes if if the Clark maybe treats Sandown. A little bit like Epsom, because I get some of the arguments regarding Epsom. It's 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 downhill, it's undulating, it's it, you know on very very fast ground. Uh, you know you you probably don't want bad bad horse racing injuries or horses pulling up feelingly, you know, in front of the world when you're running the Derby and Oaks and things like. That. I I kind of get that, right? I'm not I'm not saying I support it. I kind of I kind of get the reasoning why they they do put plenty on these days, but we can see what it's doing at Epsom and Sandown. As we saw for the two days at Sandown uh, this weekend, we saw you had to, well, mainly wide was an advantage. I'm not saying it was a massive advantage, but it was an advantage. Everything sort of came sort of middle. Um, you know, I think barely nothing made all over the two days, which is immensely strange for a track like Sandown. Nothing made all. And I think this is where, you know, why Why are you watch? for example, you know, like, so I've, I've had the argument. So an horse runs downhill on fast ground, that's really dangerous, or really fast ground is dangerous. But then we've got Brighton, for example. That's quite a big downhill. We get a lot of firm there. And and yet, um, but so then Sandown's uphill. So why are we watering heavily uphill? Like, wh- why do why the need to, to, to put plenty on up the hill? When that's not going to hurt your joints. I mean, I know as you know, as a, as getting older now, you know, like I, I feel it in my knees when I'm when I'm walking downhill or a steep cliff. You know, you feel it in your knees when you're walking up a hill. You know, you might be panting for breath, <laughs> but but you're not you're not feeling it in your joints. So he's right. I mean, you know, that the, there is he's under no explicit direction. But I think, as John said, over a pro over a period of time, by convention. You know, just so people are doing it without actually really understanding why they're doing it. It's kind of it's, it's almost incremental. It's sort of crept in as that you have to chuck loads of water on. 
because it's you know because it's sunny or, or hot weather's predicted. But I don't actually think they're, they're rationally thinking why they're actually doing it and what what the benefit is. I think it's just because everybody else does, and um, and by kind of by a process of of lots of people doing it at the same time, that's kind of how we do it, isn't it? That yeah. from- John, like me, are you are you, are you disappointed? Uh, with the media in a way, because obviously we know what we think. Of, I mean, my, my my top two are Lydia Islop and Nick Luck. I think they, I think they, I've said before on the show, I think they're great broadcasters. But I'm really disappointed with their sort of attitude to all this. They, they seem to interview the clerk of the course and seem to accept his explanation without, you know, well, as, as if that's the right thing to do. Uh, you know, when when it's not. As a, I can speak as a punter of, of many years, like yourself, it, this does not feel the right thing to do because not just speaking from our pockets, but it doesn't make any sense sometimes what they actually do. I think racing TV is probably a little too close to the action, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of courses involved with racing TV. Yeah. Back to the days of Rod Fabricius when this was all set up. And uh, I don't think that the relationship between racing TV and the course is cosy enough for you to not have a lot of hope for racing TV to be the, the, the flag bearer on this, if you like. Mm. Um, the people I would look to to maybe pick something like this up would be uh, possibly Greg Wood in The Guardian. Um, I know he's, he's had a pop in the past about it. Robin Cook's lad in the post. Um, he'd, be, he'd be another one that maybe look at it. But when, when you look through the ranks of the media, you, outside of racing TV, because <clears throat> I don't think, irrespective of what they might say, I think the limited of what they can actually put to these clerks. You know, I don't think... Anybody at the race course or at Racing TV wants the Racing TV presenter really shoving it up a clerk before the mating starts. I don't know though. To be fair, I mean, to be fair to, to Gravy Tit Train Graham, he he gave the best interview we've had so far when he accosted, if you like, uh, Kirkland Telrong and uh, Haydock the, 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 when they got abandoned. And I thought he gave him a, a brilliant grilling. He did. Has he worked there since? <laughs> You know, maybe Kirkland's a different sort of target, and you know, um, I think. Yeah, and, and I think, and that resulted in you know abandonment, which is sort of a pretty seismic thing. You know, I think the the, the more kind of insidious element is that just day to day stuff. That that's the thing that doesn't really attract a lot of attention. But every day you've got doubts about official going descriptions and overwatering, etc. And it was only because I think that, that that particular meeting was abandoned that it kind of, you know, came to the fore a bit more. But it's all kind mm. of gotten about again, isn't it? I think the problem problem with sort of the, the broadcast media is that there aren't, you know, whilst there's some very good broadcasters, they are not in the main habitual punters, are they? That's the thing. You know, they're not betting every day. So therefore, it's kind of, you know, it's not really an issue unless it's a particularly high profile event or, you know, a classic or whatever. Yeah, you say, Chris, I mean... There's probably really a very small percentage of people that follow racing actually give a monkeys about this, you know. Yeah, because that's it. Your Saturday punters, your bloggers, your lads, 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 they, yeah. are, they, they want their hacker on and 
Fuck yeah, you know, <laughs> that was a <laughs> mistake, John. Mistake. Yeah, that's it. You know, I mean, how much water goes on? It doesn't matter. How much gravy is going on the steak? <laughs> Pepper corn sauce, John. Pepper know, corn. That's what counts. It's not. Uh, it's not the water on the course. It's the uh, dressing on the salad. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, this is the thing that I think, does this lead back there, and, and I mean. I'd, I'd never had said this at the time because obviously Big Mac was very divisive in terms of like love and hate from people within the game, what they thought of Big Mac's contributions to the sport. So it turns out if, if if you love your betting and you and you love you know you love the game and you want it to, to thrive, Big Mac's a massive loss to the sport. Perhaps the, the one of the he, he was a great pundit in that. If he saw anything wrong, he'd call it out, and and he he'd call it out on 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 at the races on Sunday, on on the racing debate. He'd call it out even on on a midweek day, and he'd let people be aware of uh, of issues. And I think because of the loss of Big Mac, to a degree, I think we've steered away from betting, and, and it, it's proven now at race courses on Saturdays when people turn up. It's literally it's full of drunks. It, it's it, it's it's not about betting anymore. It literally yeah. is a great outdoor boozer, and that's why the get books the, are moaning. Get the clients that you market towards. They have marketed towards the, you know, the lads, lads, lads. Let's all have a piss up, Love Island, get our Giacomo suits on type crowd. Well, if that's what you market, you spend your marketing spends to attract. That's what you're going to get. But with that, you're also going to get piss head, you're going to get fights, and and you're going to get people that aren't actually in, where betting is a sort of a byproduct of, of the day out of getting drunk. And, but if that's what you market to attract, that's what you're going to get. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Talking of Giacomo, so it's a little thing I'm getting, getting them these days. I'm, I'm approaching Moo Moo size. He's <laughs> getting desperate. Homer Simpson. Yes, he's the, yes. He's the... Well, well, you're a melon, bad rhino. Well, he got, well, he got, I don't know what, I, I mean, the, 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 the producer, the producer sorts me out with my clobber, um, but, I, you know, I've gone from XL to double XL to treble XL to moo moo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wash yourself with a rag on a stick. <laughs> I will be when it's 26 degrees later oh, this week. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Quentin Frank. See, see, we're not the only people here. Another serious punter and a good contributor to the show, professional punter Quentin Franks has been on, and he was furious um, at the coverage, uh, racing TV coverage at Haydock on Thursday. He said, he said, he said, uh, 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 Kieran Skidmark came in after the second and said it's on the soft side of good. Good to, good to soft, and he's Philly needed easy ground or words to that effect. And he said, then the, the rest of the card, you then had Peter Norton waffling on about horses with soft ground, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which which was against what the Times were saying. Well, his, his point is, is why clerks will listen to jockeys and say, how is it riding? Well, the, the jockeys are as clueless as anyone. They can I sit on. A, would uh, suggest if uh, if you're watching racing TV with Norton and the sound on. You probably deserve to do your bollocks in. <laughs> so get it, yeah, get it done in, Quentin. But isn't yeah. that just it? You know, racing is unique in that, that, you know, that betting plays an enormous part in the enjoyment and obviously the funding of the sport. So, you know, you can get away with, um, you know, p- pundits uh, in other sports that, you know, understand the personalities, etc. And you can probably have ex-footballers in about the tactics. But, you know, Betting is unique. So, so the only way to crack that is to have p- 
professional punters assisting with the presentation. Otherwise, you're just going to get kind of generalists as you do, you know, in lots of other sports because racing is unique. Without betting, it's just horses running around a field owned by rich people. Yeah, but the, but the tracks have got to get out because, as I said, they've, they've turned Saturdays into big, massive outdoor boozers. You know, that's they've got the kind of land that no other pub can offer. And right. obviously, they have like stag do's. There'll be 10 or 12 lads going for a, for a meet-up and a, and, a, and, a, and a great day out or a great night yeah. out, which is fair enough. I've, I ain't got a problem with that also. But they've, it's as if like they've stopped marketing or concentrating on the betting side of things. Well, they have, as we said before, betting's a new tobacco. It's kind of everything except betting. Betting's a sideshow and a sort of an unpleasant one at that. You know, they, they would rather you do, you know, 10 lines of nose bag, drink 10 bottles of wine and have a fight than have a bet. That, 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 that's kind of, I mean, it's a bit hyperbole on my part, but, you know, betting is toxic. You know, we've had yeah. a conversation. Or, you know, you have a bet. Oh, you like a compulsive gambler. It's, like, it's almost like saying, you know, if someone says, oh, I enjoy my wine. And you say, well, are you an alcoholic? Well, no, I just enjoy the occasional glass of wine. But if you have a bet, in the minds of a lot of people, it's oh, something wrong with you. you. You know, you're compulsive. You're in the grip of some, you know, evil addiction. And Spot, spot on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that's kind of how it's viewed now, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's, it's such a shame. I mean, you watch ITV's coverage. I watch very, very little. And when I do switch on, yeah. it's it's usually for the bigger meetings just to see what they're doing and how, how they're presenting. It's Tuesday. What's that? You're in for a treat Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good God. Uh, I, I mean, I'm round at John's Tuesday and, you know, BITV be, be on and I've got to put up with that. Um, they've got 19 presenters, ITV. Yeah, well, it'll be... It'll be... You, you know, you'll have the fashion coverage, which sort of has crept into meetings like Goodwood and, uh, uh, and other sort of, you know, less uh, prominent meetings. You'll have that. You'll have the probably the homeschooling thing. You'll have that risible social stable shit with, with Ollie Bell and whatever Love Island person they can. Get. Yeah. And it's packed out. And it's all about the social aspects, all about, you know, getting people involved behind the scenes, you know, but turning a blind eye to the fact that sports funded by people having a bet. That's, that's the problem. No one wants to admit that betting fuels the industry. Without it, it doesn't exist in its current form. And that's just yeah. weird, isn't it? It's, it's weird that you can't admit to promoting the one thing that keeps the show on the road, that keeps all these people in employment. Yeah. You'd think it was sale clubbing keeping it on the road, wouldn't you? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's everything but people in betting yeah. shops or at home or online, whatever, having a bet that enables the sport to be funded. And it's almost, you know, they will cover, and it's not not true to say that there is no betting coverage on, on, on terrestrial TV, but it's almost, they're embarrassed not to do it. And even when they do do it at the big meetings, it's turned into a sort of a, a sideshow, you know, with Gleeson and Chapman sort of hamming it up like two sort of, two rep actors, you know, doing a, a kind of a Brian Ricks farce. You know, it's not given any great seriousness. You know, whatever people said about Tanya, Tanya Stevenson, I thought she was dull as dishwater. But at least it was a sort of slightly more cerebral, more kind of considered approach, you know, because, because that's what keeps the show on the road. But when they talk about betting now, it's like, looking, you know, it, it's a joke. It's There must be shoving in half a pound of Charlie in the Gleason because it was never like that. <laughs> it was never like that when he was on uh, RT Ray, wasn't he? Neither. Very excited. <laughs> very excited. Valerie is Christ. I mean, you know, I'd like to be on whatever he's on. Tell you what, that that is pure power, bro, isn't it? <laughs> well, 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 well it's, it's a good lineup this week. You've got Matt Chapman, O'Sheen. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> Who's got the biggest bag? He's got the PR agent. That's what he has got. Fucking hell. He's yeah. opening supermarkets and fucking writing columns. He yeah. hasn't done stop, has he? I was expecting to see anyone love Evan this week. <laughs> if they bring back Thunderbirds, I know he'll be playing Virgil. It'll be him, won't it? Yeah. Well, well, Icy says, uh, who's, who's, who's going to be a uh, fashion correspondent this week? Uh, Robbie Dunn. <laughs> Dunn, yes. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Johnny Farrelly. Yeah. Unbelievable. Only in racing. So, I mean, that, that leads on nicely, really, into betting then. And this this is an extra topic I've brought in. And I, I think, you know, I've had Jeff Banks on wanting to come on again. He wants to talk about getting on and, and why why the, the game is in the position it's in. Um, you have you have a lot of sides of the coin here. You have punters moaning that they'll open an account and get two bets on. Um, they fed up, uh, they all, you know, then they get asked for all these documents, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. as we've touched on in past, past shows. Uh, but I suppose there's the other side of the coin, like Ben Keith will come on and, he, and he'll blame the punters. He'll say, you've had it good for so long. You, you've you been uh, doing syndicates, trying to have the bookies' pants down, et cetera, et cetera. You know, what is there a, is there a solution to, to the online game or is it completely finished? It needs some hard and sharp regulation, doesn't it? You know, um, you, you can't just let Rokies just willy-nilly suspend accounts and knock bets back, you know. I mean, there's got to be minimum later lows or something, you, you know. I mean, this they, they, tried, they tried that allegedly, haven't they? And what the bookmakers say, and I think Chris Poole has sort of discussed this before on Twitter, that, that nobody can kind of agree what that looks like. And I don't know why there might be various technical reasons, but, but you know, they said that, that, that whilst that's a, a persuasive solution, it's very difficult to implement, but, 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 I, but I don't know why why it's difficult. But but my view is, is and it's not, uh, as all of my views are not backed with any evidence other than my own gut feelings. So I, I just think that, that, that the bookmakers closing accounts, I think they're far, far too aggressive. And I'd, I'd, I'd be fairly confident that if they the unrestricted, you know, a significant proportion, I think the bookmakers would make money because they are restricting idiots. There are people on Twitter, who don't know which end the hay goes in, who are going on to, oh, I'll be restricted so-and-so. And you think, why on earth are you restricting these fools? You know, let them play. They will, you will beat them. You know, it, it is inconceivable to me that, that there are so many sharp punters in the UK. Yet, yeah, there isn't. There isn't. Yeah. Don't get it. That you know, there there aren't that many. There are people that you know aren't sharp punters who are genuinely restricted. Why? Why are they? Because I mean, I don't know. I'm around some of the sharpest punters there is that that's yeah. still left. Yeah, literally, sure. literally in my, in my circle, there are there are punters around me that that would 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 blow me out of water in terms of you know, what they actually have made out of the game and, and, and everything else. And and I'm sort of proud to be around these people. Yeah. But but at the same time, um, we're not asking for these people like that surrounding me to get on. We're asking, like you say, I, I don't hear of very many people in the game. When somebody says, have you heard of him? Have you heard of this? Never heard of him. Oh. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just, I mean, I genuinely believe that, like you say, Chris, I, I think... The algorithms, whatever they use, are very quick to. I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how quick they could be. Let's say you follow a tipster online or something, yeah. and 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 he's he's a good judge, a fairly good judge, and he tips one up at ten to one. It goes off five to two and gets beat. They'll probably ban you if 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 you're on a fresh 
betting account. So let's yeah. say you've just lo- signed up with whoever sports or whoever. I, I, I would say this for my own. And obviously, I obviously follow every day what you tell me, Lisa. So leave that to one side. I am restricted, me, everywhere. I mean, yeah. literally to one and two P stakes. Now, you know, if, 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 if the bookmakers knew just what a stiff I was, they'd take the, they would take the restrictions off. I will never beat them with my own opinion. Never. And I don't yeah. quite say that. But for some reason, because I've got a few shorteners or something that's a little bit live, because I've heard, you know, occasionally hear the odd bits and pieces, they've obviously jumped to conclusion, God, this guy's got warm info. I haven't. You know, and yet I cannot get on anywhere. And it's madness because they beat me all the time. I guarantee they would have the better of me every 12 months. And yet, you know, even Mr. Banks, uh, you know, you know, stop uh, close my account because you know I, I bet somebody got beat a short head that went five to two evens, right? Now you know was that a tip? Yeah, it was a tip. But all the other bets I had with the firm, which were were just my own guesses. So had he not, he'd have had loads on me. But I'd be delighted to get on at whatever price. But he'd beat me. But everyone, yeah. beat me. and yet yeah, there are loads of people like me who they will be are restricted. And you just think, well, bollocks. What's the point? Find a new hobby. I think the worst part of the online bit is so, so so let's say like myself and my accounts or whatever like if I go back to them or whatever what why can't I get a bet on the derby say like half an hour before the off why can't I get a bet a really good bet on the grand national like half an hour why you know you've got no in those races that nothing there's everything's out in the open you're not talking about an a9 at Sheffield or no. a a darts match somewhere, you know, or something where they don't, it's the Derby. It's there for you to see, there's, you know, they're all trying, right? Yeah. Why, why is the algorithm so rigid for, for even, you know, for, for, for big races, but it is mad. And there are lots of, you know, I, I saw a post several months ago, a blogger was complaining. He's, he's been restricted with, I don't know, whatever firm paddling power. And you think this is just, like, this is just the, the machine just is taking a view based on a very limited sample. Lift the lift the, the block for lots of people and the bookmakers will will, will slaughter them. Um, Jeff Banks actually accused me this week on Twitter of being naive for suggesting that bookmakers really should employ better odds compilers, you know, to, to form their tissues and opinion. He said it's more to it than that. Agree or not agree with, with Jeff's uh, opinion that I'm naive. Would disagree, but John probably's got something more intelligent to say than me. I mean, <laughs> but I, I, I disagree wholeheartedly. I mean, yes, it, it, you know, that's probably not the reason. And as Ben Keith said, why is it naive? He said, he said it's all, it's moved. He said he claims the game's moved on to syndicates, um, you know, like WhatsApp groups, Telegram groups, all, all, you know, like uh, multi, multi-targeting, you know, many different yeah, accounts. So and, is that what he's got doing his odds? I know that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking if you, I mean, I'd like to think that if 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 I could price up, not every race, I, I cannot. It's impossible for me to price up every race and 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 beat people. I agree with that, but it is possible for me to price up. I don't know. So I I, I think I could price up. I could pick my own races and think there's no bent yards in this, no bent, you know, so on, so on. Yeah, yeah. And I could probably do five or six races a day a lot more accurately than they can. Hence, that's why I'm on this side of the fence. But 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 the, but that's the thing. So yeah, I didn't agree. It's, I know what he's trying to say. That there there obviously a lot of dirty stuff going on online. People trying to 
lift everyone's legs. But... I tell you what, if Jeff did want to come on, it'd be really interesting if, um, as an experiment, he'd let you pray straight for a deal for him. Yeah, I'd do it. I'd do it for nothing. See, see what he thought, you know, and, in terms of and and see what happened. You yeah, know? that that would actually add a bit of substance to whether you're naive and Jeff's right or whatever, you know. Yeah, it, it's it's a bit like the and, and the way you'd work that out is say over like a period of time you'd add up the SPs of the winners, the the prices that I had them at, and who pays out the most. I am I beating SP, or is SP beating me? If you if, if you yeah. if you get what I mean. Then I'm wrong. Then, then I'm beat. But if I if I hammer if I destroy SPs in terms of I pay out much less at my prices than what the SPs are, then 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 that's that's your answer. I think that that's got him beat. But I think I think he you know look he's right in the sense it is not the only answer. But but you know I think that that's sort of a slightly kind of uh, not lazy response. That's, that's not right. You know, but it is the basis of, 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 you know, having confidence in your own prices and your own sort of information network, you know, WhatsApp groups, etc. Yeah. I mean, some are better than others. I mean, our, our, our mutual friend, I see has sort of, you know, make pokes a lot of fun at these sorts of, you know, WhatsApp groups and you know, look, they're, they're going to bet a few winners, but, but again, there aren't as many super sharp punters in the UK as bookmakers would have you believe, you know, they'll go on runs, but over and the long in the end in the final analysis at the end of the day you know most of the overwhelming majority of punters will lose that, that, that that's fact you know you'll get people running hot but there's a tiny percentage that do it year in year out people come and they go and i think you know they're, they're adopting quite a short-term approach uh, and i think they can make a lot more money if they just got a little bit bolder yeah yeah. Easy for me to say because it's not my money, but you know that, that that's my gut feeling. And I look the fact that I'm restricted, and I know what I don't know, and that's a lot. And I'm thinking I would restrict me. I would try. I would lay me to whatever I wanted if I was a bookmaker. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on to the next topic. Yeah. And this is a question leading in from John Robert, and he said on YouTube, he said, uh, "Do you have faith in the current leadership?" Not to lead us down the bags route, John. Absolutely not. I have zero faith in the current leadership. I think the current leadership is virtually non-existent. I mean, last week's Ferrago, where she's voting against her own fucking proposal. I mean, that that's just that, well, that's an idea, isn't it? Right. She she may as well sack her own staff, hasn't she? Well, she wants to start by sacking herself. I mean, <laughs> She has been shite from day one. I've said she's been shite from day one, and there's no sign of any improvement. I mean, how, how do you get rid of these people? It's just careerist after careerist. Not yeah. one of them has any love or respect for the game. They're a waste of time. You might as well sit a bucket of lukewarm piss there. <laughs> You're right, and, and you know, whilst whilst we said this last week, whilst the jockey club has come in for loads of criticism over the years, you know, the fact that these people that were in the jockey club didn't need the money but had a deep love for horse racing actually worked better in racing's favour. Yes, they had generational wealth. Yes, they're at the sort of the apex of the social pyramid and completely out of touch with the common man, but they loved the sport and took decisions, not one eye on their careers, because they didn't have a career because you don't have to if you're Lord whatever, 
they did it. The decisions they took were generally in the best interest of the sport. Now, when you get sort of professional administrators come in and run sports, you know, they've got one eye on their next job, their next government appointment that, you know, may be an honour. So, so, you know, their leadership has either got to be really radical. The problem with that is it comes with risks. You know, it could all blow up and you, you're, you're busted flush. Or you just keep things ticking along for a few years. A new position comes on. You wave and you say, how wonderful time. I've enjoyed my time working with people in racing. It's a great sport and I've left it with solid foundations. And you go on and do something else because because you, you're a career risk. But with the jockey club, they didn't need money. They're rich. So they just took the decisions in the best interest of the sport, which is perverse, really, when you think you've got sort of the ruling class are actually, you know, have to serve the best interest of the sport rather than the than the middle class. It's bizarre. Surely Julie Harrington's decision to vote against uh, her own team's proposals to cut 300 fixtures from the list. Well, she abstained. Very racist. Not, not fixtures, races. Yeah, uh, that's, sorry, yeah, racist, sorry. Um, which is, vote against. Even abstained is just as bad, really, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, but it, we'll be pulled up on that by someone who said, "Oh no, it wasn't about that." She abstained. So I mean, like, I mean, if, like, say, if, say, if the Chancellor abstained in his vote, like in support for the Prime Minister, yeah, that would be deemed as you don't yes, support yeah. him. But you can't vote no because. So why can't she vote vote the changes through? That this is telling me that she's. I mean, look, I don't. I, you've got to be careful what you totally say here because yeah. they've they've got a lot more litigation money than I have. Yeah. But it can only tell me one thing: that 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 she doesn't believe that by cutting fixtures is a benefit to the sport, despite all evidence in racing and everyone in racing saying. Well, no, nobody she's, knows what she believes. No. She's just come in and told a party man about consensus this, consensus that. Nobody has a blind clue about what her vision for the sport is, how to take it forward or anything else. I'm assuming the idiots that interviewed her for the job have some sort of idea, because it might have been a good idea to ask her. (laughs) The rest of us are whistling in the dark with the woman, and basically it's a six-figure salary that we might as well be chucking in the street. Yeah. Go on, Chris, sorry. Is, is you know we're past that stage. What what we need is dynamic leadership, knocking heads together. You know, setting out a vision and doing it. And if you you either fall in or fuck off. I think consensus building doesn't work because everybody's tried that and it doesn't work. No. So somebody to drive a, a, an agenda forward. There could be loads of people that are going to criticise you, but press on. And if you're right, then the sport benefits. Take a risk. Roll the dice. Consensus only is going to lead you over a cliff sooner rather than later, and that'll be it then. How does it work when you win the vote 9-6 to cut the fixtures but still don't vote it through? Don't know. Don't know how that works, actually. They made it two-thirds or something. Yeah, I think it must be some sort of, within the uh, articles or, or whatever, the, 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 the um, uh, how it's set up, that you must have a certain number of votes. That's, that's probably it. Ridiculous. Um, but again, that's, that's only in, early in this sport. I mean, so in answer to John Roberts' question, can we trust the, the current leadership not to lead us down the bag route? Absolutely none whatsoever, like we've all said. And the reason being, the the, the big pieces in this are ARC. Uh, they're the big evil in all of this, because we know what ARC want. Um, they want their own flapping racing. They, they want their own racing. They, they sell media rights uh, on their own. They, they want, basically, they want out of the beer. They want to do their own thing. And become their own racing entity, like you, you know. See, but, you, you you want to cut the fixture list down, unlicense all the art tracks. 
Yeah, I do. But this is it. Where's the back? Where's the backbone? Yeah. That, I, I'd be saying if I was if I was BHH, I'd be saying that tomorrow. I'd be saying right. Right, and I do that overnight and say right. Ark, you're on license now. You're a you're a flapping organisation. Yeah, you, you can. Anybody you can, racing there loses a license as well. Yeah. Wallop, stitch that. No, I would. I would I'd, yeah, I would. I'd do exactly the same. Uh, I'd, I'd check that. I'd check that with my legal department. But I'd make, as long as as long as it it was in the the BHA's rights to do so. They all race under the rules of racing, don't they? And if you're withdrawing that, well, you're withdrawing it. You know, I mean, they'd fear litigation. There'd be massive litigation, wouldn't there? And you know that that would roll on for yonks and would bleed the, the BHA dry. So I, I suspect that's probably why that isn't on the agenda but but you know there has to be some kind of radical proposal else we're just going to bumble along as we are yeah no it's in a mess and uh, like we've all agreed that we we need leadership we need proper leadership and someone to stick the bollocks uh, on the discussions table and um yeah it is pride month but, um, <laughs> you know, it's a Bernie Eccleston, Max Mosley scenario. You know, they, they, right or wrong, transferred or transformed Formula One from a sort of a, a gentleman drivers kind of club to, to a multi-million pound brand that everybody wants to get in on. And they did that by, by sheer weight of personality, having a vision and just, you know, bullying their way through. And I still don't know anybody that fucking watches it. No, I don't. <laughs> what a load of bollocks that sport is. But there are, there are, you know, that's not a view shared by, you know, hundreds yeah. of people around the world. Right. Ascot welcoming all the drug barons. Wesley Ward, over 400 minor career violations for drug offences. They're bringing back the milkshaking Aussies. They've been, they've been uber clean over the years, haven't they, the Aussies? What do we think about that? Do, do we? I mean, what makes me laugh is that that we, we all we, we can all get on moral perches and start pontificating. We can start saying, "Well, look at the Arabs. You know, look at look at their human rights record. Look at Sheikh Mo. Look at this. Look at that. Look and look and t'other." But Ascot have got the this Wesley Ward's the Ascot poster boy, and Chris Waller's been wheeled around like he's some sort of you know, you know. Well, it's I don't know this fixation from Ascot with. Foreign raiders. I mean, they absolutely crap one off over it, don't they? And, I mean, all the, Glamour, isn't it? All the previous things with Wesley Ward. I mean, I take one look at him and when I first thought, what the fucking hell is he putting on his teeth? <laughs> Aren't they? They are extraordinary. If I had, if I had the dough to get my teeth done, there'd be Wesley Ward. <laughs> like lovely, like big one, like Ryland. That's what I want. Wesley Ward's choppers. Yeah. Better, better than uh, Alexander, Alexander Dunn's. Yeah, well, it, 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 exactly right. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that needs to go on the gloss, glossary. Al, Alexandra Dunn, trainer, choppers. Yeah. Well, um, Wesley Ward, I mean, it's, it's like he's been noshing the Joe Lux dog, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Tim, yeah. Tim Nice but Dims are, uh, are, uh, are Alexandra Dunn's. Yeah. Cracking. Yeah, beautiful. Um, Things behold, but I suppose it's a bit of glamour. He's slightly sort of exotic. He's a bit of Hollywood, isn't he? And I suppose you know it, it, it's better than wheeling out kind of Mickey's to be or, or, or Gosden, and he's got a pizzazz <laughs> about him. So I suppose they're happy to overlook any infractions in favour of a you know good five minutes of PR. That's yeah. not a version of TV. Hell, that. <laughs> <laughs> and Wesley Ward. Yeah, but- a, a Mickey's to me. 
I've, I've been taking the header off the transporter if they're trading the trifecta. <laughs> it would be an extraordinary scene, wouldn't it? You know, I'm sure Mick would send, end up selling him a horse, I think, or something. Yeah, twenty quid out of him, wouldn't he? Yeah, what, yeah. Uh, what price were you two laying in? Let's have a bastard side bet. What price that they, they go to a, some kind of gin bar and have a gin? You know, like not champagne because champagne's too obvious for Ascot. But what price they go to another gin and and and, and, and like an elderflower gin or something like that? What price? Can we have some fivers? Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But we'll, we'll come to that at the end. I need to get my odds compilers onto this, so we'll issue our prices at the end. But yeah, I'm talking your WhatsApp group. No, I'm, I'm done, <laughs> done on Betfair. See what, what I'll, I'll get them to create a market. They'll tell me what to think. Yeah, banks will be withholding payment if you're yeah. if you're part of a syndicate or an yeah, organised yeah, yeah. an organised coup. Don't, don't want yeah. any of that. No, no, no. We're all consulted each other now, so we can't get paid out. No, <laughs> joint enterprise. Rassled. That's it. That's us done already. Okay, we'll come on some Ascot questions then. And obviously, we're doing a big show tomorrow night, so we're not going to reveal too much of what we're tipping at the moment. But a couple of questions on some horses' chances. Cal Dog's been on. Would love to hear your thoughts on Prosperous Voyage at Ascot. Ran a corker in the Thousand Guineas uh, behind Cache and has finished behind in Spiral twice by a couple of lengths. Think he's got a massive chance. John. I think the cage there is behind Cashier. <laughs> yeah, we don't rate the Guinness form, do we? No, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm just not having Cashier. And if you finish behind Cashier, you're probably not as good as Cashier. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know, I know the the thirds come out and won the Oaks, but I think that's a different entity, to be honest. Um, fuck the Oaks. Yeah, fuck the Oaks. Yes. <laughs> Right. Still shit, this, this is one you'll like, though. This is from John Mack, and I know you'll like this because I, I know you, and I know I know what you've you've spoke to me about this horse before. Formata in the Queen's Vase, John. Oh, <laughs> is he spoiling your bet? Oh. You may, see, this is why you should listen to all podcasts because you'll be waiting tomorrow for John's three point max bet on the fucking nose at 20s. Bang! For Marta, bang! Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, well, uh, so, let's just say I'm keeping an eye on the going. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> John Mike, reading to this what you will, but yeah, for Marta, a very nice horse, floater on debut and then very impressive second time out, and uh, certainly, uh. You know, it caused some uh, some stirs uh, in the camp here. We, we, we like the horse. Um, but more to, listen tomorrow and you'll see. See what we're doing. Um, right, one one final question before we, we close the show with a Jimmy Lindley, which I've got. I don't, have you got any Jimmy Lindley this week, John? No, I don't. I've got, I've got a good bent one um, coming up. Um, anyway, Richard Lee says, when bookmakers sponsor a race, they usually promote what they have to to offer they should be made to promote the reality uh for example skybet um you back a couple of winners uh will limit your stakes handicap <laughs> i like that or even the bet way seven furlongs try to make a withdrawal and will make you jump through hoops stakes <laughs> very good i like it i like it richard lee yeah yeah good good humor if you're going to promote the reality it should be a case of you get up, you find price-wise has tipped your horse, 
you can't get anything on at the price you wanted. The price crashes all the more. You nip out to the pie shop, you get back home. Half the pie stuck to the fucking silver foil container. That goes all over the kitchen. The dog gets most of it. The missus starts playing out with you. You have a big fucking dust up with her. You won't let you watch the racing. You find the, the horse you've picked out and decided not to bother back his pistol. And, you, and you're in bed by half past five. That's the reality. Yeah, thick. <laughs> Brilliant. Ah, good, good stuff. Good, good stuff towards the end of the show. If we're picking up. We're just getting warm. It's a shame we're finishing. Uh, Jimmy Lindley then. Uh, <laughs> so we, 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 the gin's kicking in with me as well. Um, right, so we go to yesterday at Limerick. The Irish gypsies parked up their caravans yesterday and decided that um, in the 5.30 race there yesterday, uh, it was the Irish Stallion Farms EBF maiden. And uh, Kieran Cotter, a man who's in trouble for, for, the, for, the old, uh, for the old needles at the moment, Kieran Cotter, inquiry into him for what he's doing. Uh, Colin Keane. As well in the saddle. I mean, I mean, this is this is the jockey that they're on about replacing Brian Moore at Coolmore. And I mean, this is astonishing, really. If you watch the ride on Portville, I, I think this is one of the worst I've seen, like ever, in terms of like it's 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 more obvious than Dale Winton. It finished fifth. I'm I'm telling you, it could have won. I'm hundred percent. It could have won that race, no problem. Six to five favorite won it. Mahaba Ash Ash May Me. And this Portville, I mean, Colin Keane, if, if that's Colin Keane's all-out drive, then Coolmore need to be uh, need to be looking elsewhere. Let's <laughs> well, be fair, there's still some Charlies that's waiting of uh, David O'Meara getting the nod to take over from Aiden, isn't there? Yeah. 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 Oh, no, no. You know, I mean, obviously, Colin, but to be fair, Colin Keane has got the odd ride for Coolmore. They've, they've, they've had him on the odd one or two when, you know... He's... Yeah, he's lasting the Oaks, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem to. Yeah, be. yeah, that thing that couldn't beat cash yet. <laughs> you can't beat cash here, you shit. That's the punchline for this show. I'm going to end it on that note because it's the greatest punchline of the show from John as usual. If you can't beat cash here, you're shit. That's all from us. Bye for now. Right, the show's over, boys. Thank you very much.